Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Atchampong, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast so far. Thank you for all the support. Got a lot of great feedback so far. If you've listened to the podcast, please do me a huge favor. Share it with a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review. All of the above. Let me know what you like, what you dislike. That only gives me more ammunition on how to make sure that I'm creating shows that actually benefit you guys and are are things that you want to hear. I know so far I haven't talked explicitly about financial topics, um, and I've kind of went about it in a more abstract way, but that's really really because I believe, you know, finance and your money itself is, is really a means to an end, right? And if I can broaden your perspective and your outlook on how you view the world, that's inherently going to have an impact on how you view your money. However, I do want to make sure that I'm you know, giving you guys some practical insights on um, finance and money and budgeting and all that good stuff. So feel free to you know, shoot me a note, whether it's on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Uh, send me an email. Hello, it makes sense to me. And just let me know what you want to hear. Um, Because I'd love to make sure that I cover off on that stuff in future episodes. Right. So episode five of the podcast, we are going to talk about what I like to call or the title of the show, I should say, is it all adds up. Everything counts. Right. It all adds up. Everything counts. You know, one of the things that we often hear from folks um, is that they just never have enough time. Right. Um, they never have enough time to pursue and do the things that they would love to do. Um, and so they keep getting put off or they just never end up happening. And I know on some level, some of the th- stuff I'm going to share with you today, you probably heard, you know, heard it in some shape, form or fashion. But I want to hopefully provide a different lens to it that gets people in the right frame of mind to stop being held back by this illusion of the scarcity of time and start to really go after the life that they've always wanted, which is, of course, what the Legacy and Lifestyle Show is all about, right? So when it comes to being productive and achieving what you want out of life, it ultimately boils down to, you know, I hate to say it, but how bad do you want it, right? Now it's a cliche, how bad do you want it? But that's really um, what it is because obstacles are interchangeable, right? Some people might be listening and say, well, I can't do do that because I have a kid or I can't do this because I work so much or I can't do that because I'm married. I'm not single anymore. Like you can insert any objective or uh, obstacle, I should say, that you want. But the truth is nothing can stop you from going after the life that you want to that you want to have. Right. And oftentimes. We don't need a miracle. We just need better management, right? They're like, what are we willing to give up to actually have the things that we want to have? So let's look at it this way, right? On a very practical level. So let's break down all the essential things that you have to do in a week, right? You got to cook. So let's assume that you're cooking an hour every day. And we know that's not true, but we're going to give you an hour's worth of time every day that you're cooking, Right. I know because realistically, you know, you might cook two, three days a week, maybe, or some of y'all are not cooking at all because what? You say you don't have the time. But let's just say 
for this example, everybody's cooking every day and they're cooking for an hour. That's seven hours of your time devoted towards cooking. All right. Then we got household needs and errands, right? Whether it's going to the grocery store because you got to go to the grocery store to pick up the groceries. You know, you got to maybe drop off some dry cleaning, you know, different little errands that you got to do. Let's say you, you spend an hour a day doing just random household errands, right? Then... Let's say that you're sleeping eight hours a day, which if you're like me, I know isn't true, but let's give it to you anyway. So you're sleeping the full eight hours a day, seven days a week, that's 56 hours in a week. Then you got your work plus commute. So let's say 30 minutes to and from, right? So that's 50 hours a week, Monday through Friday, plus a 40 hour work week. Grooming, right? So you got to shower every day, I hope, right? Uh, brush your teeth, all, do all that good stuff. That shouldn't take you about, what, more than an hour each day. If it is, then, you know, you got some problems, man. Get out the shower. Ain't nobody that dirty. But we'll give you a full hour every day for grooming and then a full hour for eating. Now, remember, eating, this is different from cooking, literally just sitting down and eating an hour every day. Now, let's be honest. Like, no one takes an hour to eat. I know once I heat my food up, if it's already cooked or whatever, it probably takes me seven minutes to eat, right? Maybe 10, maybe 15, 20, if I'm really just shooting the breeze. But again, you, you can give yourself some more hours. It doesn't even matter. But let's just assume an hour a day for eating, right? Seven hours a week. So that's 134 hours of time that is used up on, I guess you could say, the essentials of life, right? Guess what, though? There's 168 hours in a week, right? So that means there's 34 hours that are left over that are unaccounted for. And the big question is, for all of you that said, I don't have time. I don't have time to do what I want to do. For all of you guys that are always crying, time broke, right? Um, what are you doing with the other 34 hours? I'm confused. I'm curious. Please let me know why you don't have time to work on your business or take your business to the next level. And the funny thing is, I'm giving you guys time for things like cooking, but cooking is one of the things that most people, a lot of people say they don't have time to do. So they're going out to eat all the time and spending money on food. I included that in your allotment, right? So how, so how is it that there's so much time that's lost? And I get, this is not an exhaustive list, right? Some of us have kids and we got to drop them off at daycare and we got to spend some time when we, when we get home and all that kind of stuff. Even if you added a whole nother 10 hours, right? For just miscellaneous stuff, you still got 24 hours, 24 hours. You still got a full day, basically, to work on stuff, right? So what is the gap? What are we missing? Where is time being siphoned away that's not allowing you to achieve what you want to achieve, whether it's get that workout in on a daily basis or every other day, whether it's work on that business or that side hustle, you know, whether it's, heck, spend time with your family. Some people say they don't have time to spend time with their family right? How don't you, right? So there's always time. You just have to be a better steward over that time, right? The time you spend scrolling through social media, you might think it's just a few minutes a day, but it adds up. The time you spend, you spend browsing on the internet randomly, you might think it um, is only a few minutes a day, but it adds up, right? Watching TV. Don't tell me you don't got time to read books or you don't got time to do whatever you want to do but you just watched the whole season of Power. 10 episodes, that's 10 hours, right? Game of Thrones, I don't watch that, but everybody talks about it, 
right? And there's God knows how many seasons of that show, six, seven, right? However many episodes in a season, that's all time that incrementally over time you could have contributed to the life that you want to have, but you're watching TV, wasting your time. But you'll be you'll complain and say you don't have time. So this message isn't for the folks that, you know, life is good. They have all the time in the world. They're never complaining about it. They can do all the things they want to do. This isn't for you. This is for the folks that, man, I wish there was more hours in a day. That's who this is for. And I want to make sure I call this out because this is, from a self-awareness perspective, this is important to know about yourself if you're this kind of person. Because if you are, you need to change it because it will impact everything you do. If as you listen to what I'm saying, the first thing that comes out of your mouth, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, that is not indicative of my life. You know, my life is, you know, I got this thing to do or that thing to do or whatever. Then all you're doing is looking for a, a reason or an impediment to how you can do it versus looking for the solution that will actually enable you to do it. Right. And if that's how your mind works, you'll always find a reason or excuse to not do what you want to do. Because the truth is, life rarely ever aligns in a way that allows us to be able to do exactly the things we want to do when we envision doing them in the perfect world scenario. It just never happens that way. So the objective is if you can't find the time, you create it. What do I mean by creating time? Right. What I mean is that you create opportunities that allow you to maximize what you have in any given scenario. Just because you can't do it all at once or do it in the way that you envision doing it doesn't mean it's insignificant. Every little piece counts. Every little piece counts. Right. Life is like a puzzle. Right. And if I if I waved or showed you one puzzle piece by itself, it would be seemingly insignificant by itself. Right. But, you know, like I know. Without that one piece, if you try to put the puzzle together, you might not ever be able to get the full picture just by leaving out that one piece, right? And so it's important to realize that I bring that up because oftentimes we get in this train of thought that if I can't do it this way, it's a, it's an all or nothing mentality, right? I know I used to be this way too. Like I would block off, you know, an hour or two for a certain project or a certain thing I want to do. And then, of course, what life would happen, as it always does, and then I don't have that full time block. So instead of just saying, well, let me get done what I can get done today, what do I say? I, I chalk it up, I throw the whole day away, and then I move it over to the calendar to the next day, as if tomorrow is going to be magically perfect and all the stars are going to line tomorrow. And that's just not how life works. So start where you are, use what you can, do what you have. Like, What can you do today that will contribute to your overall success, right? And that's one thing that I think people often forget about in striving for the things that they want, right? You might have had the intention of working out for an hour today, but maybe you can only work out for 30 minutes. It's still better than nothing. Maybe it's only 10 minutes at home. It's still better than nothing, right? And I would argue that most people do have the time, but if life really does happen and it doesn't allow you to you know, do what you originally intended to do, then do what you can, right? And that's going to add up incrementally a lot more than you just saying forget it all together and waiting for the stars to align, right? Just in that just in that scenario, if I worked out only 10 minutes a day, seven days a week, that's an hour and 10 minutes that week of working out, right? May not seem like a whole lot, but it's much better than the person who was going to work out an hour on Monday 
right? And then, you know, life didn't you know, go according to plan and they move it to Tuesday, move it to Wednesday before you know it. Oh, well, I'll start again next week. I want to give you a real practical example of how this train of thought works for me. On average, I usually try to read one book every single week. Every single week, I try to read a book. That's above and beyond creating podcasts like this, above and beyond writing blog posts, above and beyond doing the actual work that I do with my clients, above and beyond working out, above and beyond doing everything else I do. I try to read a, a book a week, right? How? How, Sway? How am, I, how am I able to fit that in incrementally by just applying that same logic that I share with you? I don't have an hour a day to just sit down and read, and I don't even think I have the attention span to do it. Here's what I do, though. For every hour that I'm awake, which is on average, and just, just let's just say for this example, 16 hours, right? Sleep eight hours, which I don't. But if I read two pages for every hour that I'm awake, that's, a, that's an average of what, 32 pages a day, um, which then equates to, I think, like 224 pages a week, right? But if I just told you, hey, read two pages and not every hour, you'd be like, man, what's two pages going to do? I'm not going to never finish the book, right? But it all adds up. Right. Versus saying, well, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. before the sun rises and I'm going to journal and read. That's great. I like to try to do that, too, sometimes. But like I just said, life doesn't always go according to plan. So instead of waiting for that to happen tomorrow, as it continuously hasn't happened for you, find little increments of time where you can maximize it. So instead of scrolling through IG, liking random people's pictures on the Explore page, right, or scrolling through Facebook, Take a couple minutes and read a couple pages. And again, this is conceptual. So you don't literally have to do this the same way I did it, right? Clearly, you might have a meeting that lasts an hour, so you're not going to read, be able to read that hour. But guess what? Maybe the hour before you read four pages instead of two, or the hour after you read four pages. Like it doesn't have to be literal, it's concepts, right? The concept of maximizing your time whenever you can and stop waiting for the stars to align. And I want to keep reiterating that because so many people will listen to that. So that's not practical. Well, how I'm going to read when I'm driving to work? Take me an hour. Look, use your brain. Of course, you're not going to be reading while you're driving. Hey, you might read at the stoplight, though. I've done that. But that's not the point. The point is find the time. And it doesn't have to be what you originally envisioned. It just has to be an opportunity to maximize the moment. Ironically enough, though, most people would, would probably say, you know, five minutes here or 10 minutes there is not enough real time to, to have an impact on anything. But I clearly just dispelled that myth um, with the logic I gave with the book. Right. But what I'll what I'll challenge you on is that five or 10 minutes doing whatever we're talking about, whatever that particular goal is, you might think it's not having an impact. But I guarantee you it's having a much bigger impact than what you're doing right now, which is nothing, which is here's what I know you're doing, because this is I've done it before. You get all hype on Sunday. You say, you know what? This week's going to be different. You plan out your whole week. Got your calendar all organized and filled up. Everything's looking good. Monday rolls around, <laughs> starts off on a bad foot. You snooze, oversleep. So day's already starting behind the eight ball. Right, so you're shifting things around, and then but you look at the week. You know what? You're like it's all good because if it don't all get done today, I can move. I still got some time on Tuesday, and I can still make it happen. And so before you know it, something from Monday gets moved to Tuesday, something from Tuesday gets moved to Wednesday, 
something from Wednesday gets moved to Thursday. And it might be the same thing that continues to get moved throughout the week. And before you know it, another week has gone by and you've done nothing towards that thing that you just knew you were going to tackle this week. Right? You had this hour of time that you were going to knock it out. What, what would have happened if you just took 10 minutes a day where you couldn't find an hour, you were able to find 10 minutes? Guess what? By the end of the week, that's over an hour, and you would have committed the same amount of time to that particular goal than you would have if you got it knocked out on the day that you wanted to get it knocked out to. So remember that because that same train of thought is the same reason why people don't save money. They think, well, what's my little $5 going to do? My little $10 going to do? If you keep putting it away, it'll add up to something big, right? It'll add up to a minimum to a lot more than what you're doing right now. And so you got to let go of this notion of this all or nothing mentality, right? If I can't deposit two, $300 in my savings account, then I can't do nothing. You can, and something is better than nothing, right? Be creative, you know? $5 here, $10 there. I mean, I think like most bank accounts have these way to save accounts where you can create your own way to save. Every time you spend five, transfer five to your savings. Before you know it, that stuff will add up. And you can apply this train of thought to just about any area of your life. Think about drinking a gallon of water. That's a lot of water. You see people, you know, walk around with the jugs and thinking, man, how are they going to finish all that water? Drink eight ounces every hour that they're awake. Similar to the reading strategy, right? Before you know it, all the water is consumed. So incremental steps towards success trump big assumptions on what you would hope that you could do, but you never actually make it happen. So let's circle back to your spending habits. So how many of us have, you know, looked at our income, then looked at our fixed expenses, then looked at what we think we spend on food, eating out, you know, shopping, all that kind of stuff. We say, man, you know what? I should have an extra two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars left every month. I should be good. But every month, that six hundred dollars is nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found, right? And why is that? If you went back to your online banking, you probably see that you had five dollars at Starbucks there, ten dollars at this restaurant, fifteen dollars at this other restaurant. And in the moment, those transactions seemed insignificant. But at the end of the month, all that little incremental extra spending totaled up to four, five, six hundred dollars of unexpected money that you didn't think you were going to spend, that you hoped that you could have saved, right? So why is it that that can happen month in and month out, and we think that little steps little incremental steps towards something can't add up to something big, in this case, add up to a big expense, right? Why don't we take that same logic and apply it to our saving or our investing, right? And know that if I just put away $5 here, $5 there, it's going to add up to something if I keep doing it consistently. One of my favorite quotes, you'll probably hear me say it uh, several times throughout my, my podcasting career, <laughs> um, is you either have the pain of discipline or you have the pain of regret. So you either choose to be a good steward over your financial resources or regret the fact that you waited and now it's too late. There's so many people that look back on their life and they can't figure out how they got there. Right? It's like, hey, how did I get here? 
It wasn't any one big failure or traumatic experience. It was a series of small, bad decisions or good decisions if you got ended up in a good place that got you to where you're at. And so it's so important to, to be mindful of that because you might be thinking you're just going through the motions. It's not that bad. But one day, the sum total of all of your decisions are going to add up to something very, very good or very, very bad. A few years ago, I read this book called The Slight Edge. And it, it pretty much is the concept that I'm talking about in a nutshell, right? That it, not one big event is going to dramatically impact your life, good or bad. It's the series of small incremental commitments or not that will make your life go in a positive upward direction or a negative downward direction. Right. If I had a buddy of mine and we decided January 1, 2017, we're both going to work out, eat right, get our summer body. After the first week, we both go to the gym, eat healthy, do all that good stuff. But the beginning of the week, too, he's like, eh, I'm not really feeling it, man. I'm going to chill out on this. So then I'm, I'm a lone soldier in the gym. And do you think by the end of that second week with me going to the gym and eating right and then him not going to the gym and then eating whatever he wants. You think we're going to see a, a dramatic difference in, in our appearance and our bodies after one week? Absolutely not. And at that moment, he might be thinking he's winning. It's like, you're doing all that, all that gym stuff, working out. I'm living it up. I'm still looking the same as you. Cool story, bro. And then two weeks roll by. You think a dramatic um, difference will show then? Probably not dramatic. Might see a little, little difference, though. Might start to be a little, little more noticeable. How about two months? Definitely starting to see the gap widen. How about two years, right? Probably won't even recognize that we were once probably in similar shape, right? And that's just because over time, my good decisions and good habits compounded on one another and started to result in a positive correlation for my life and his bad decisions over time started to correlate to a negative trend in his outcome. And then over time, the difference becomes wider and wider and wider and wider. And that's how life works. It doesn't happen overnight. And so you got to be very mindful of the small, seemingly insignificant decisions that you make that ultimately might have a dramatic impact on your life down the road. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Look at your life as a business. And your most valuable inventory is money and time, right? Inventory is a product that you can sell to generate revenue and ultimately make a profit. If you waste your money because you don't track it well and waste your time because you didn't realize the value in it, it's the equivalent of owning valuable merchandise and throwing it in the trash can day after day. Your time on this earth is finite. And when you, when you aren't a good steward over your time, or whatever your resources that you're afforded, you are literally throwing your life away. Literally. I don't mean to be dramatic, but that's just the truth. And speaking of money, money actually has the ability to buy time, right? In the sense that it's working for you and you don't have to work for it. And so you can use your time to live your life and do the things you want to do. So if you waste money, you're throwing away the option that it affords you to leverage your time. You know, personally, I think a lot of our decisions or lack thereof are, are rooted deeper in a sense of the lack of belief that we actually deserve what, you know, what we want out of life. 
you know, there's another human being out there right now. There's another human being out there right now as I'm doing this podcast that is no different than you. They put their pants on one leg at a time, but they are living the life that you could be living. And they're no different than you. Some of us are so afraid to fail and taking a chance to live the life we want that we're okay with settling for one that we really don't want. My question to you is, what are you so afraid of? Yes, it's terrifying to do whatever it takes while pursuing your dreams. But it's when you stop the pursuit and start to settle, that's when the real nightmare begins. The, the unknowns, the uncertainties, that's what makes life worth living. But when you wake up every day and you know exactly what to expect, gosh, I can't even imagine. That, that's like so boring, right? Like why would you want to wake up day in and day out and just know that this is all that you, you know, this is all there is to life. Do something different. Step out on a limb. Don't be afraid to challenge the status quo. Some of us have parents who worked their ass off their whole life. And quite frankly, they might still be working. And at some point you told yourself, when I grow up, I love my mom, nothing against her. Love my dad, nothing against him, but that won't be me. And it's not because you thought you were better than them. In fact, you probably have a lot of respect for how hard they work. And the older you get, the more you can probably appreciate and be amazed that, man, how are they able to work so hard and then still do all the stuff that they did for me as a kid, right? But, you know, you had dreams or you have dreams and aspirations and you just tell yourself that, you know what, being stuck in nine to five, you know, that I don't love day in and day out, working time 65, that's just not going to be me. In fact, you might even be telling yourself that I'm going to retire my parents one day. Well, let's fast forward to right now. Fast, you know, we're not a kid anymore. We're, we're working, living adults. How's that plan working out for you today? Are you really reaching for those dreams that you had when you were a kid? Or do you find yourself settling in the comfortable confines of a secure, quote unquote, secure job? And here's what you got to realize. First and foremost, playing it safe guarantees nothing. You might as well play to win because playing not to lose is the same thing as losing when you have no control over the outcome. And if you're not doing anything radically different than what your parents were doing when they were your age, you got to be real with yourself. You got to be self-aware. What makes you think that your life is going to end up radically different than your parents' life? Here's a newsflash for you. The biggest population of people filing for bankruptcy today are people aged 55 and older. 55 and older. For people in my generation, that's probably your parents, right? And the scary part about that is they have all the safety nets that you won't have when you get their age, right? They're going to get Social Security. Some of them might even have pensions from previous employers. Will that be around for you when you get ready to retire one day? I'm not a betting man, but I'd say it probably won't be. And so what that means is that they went through their entire adult life just about, right? Going through the motions of what they thought was going to pan out for them. The secure, safe route, working a job, 30, 40 years. 
putting money away into the company retirement plan, banking on Social Security, and it's still not enough. So what do you think that's going to mean for you if you keep going through the motions that you're going through right now? And I don't mean to be radical. I don't mean to ruffle any feathers. I just want you to start thinking about things differently. I want you to stop waiting for the stars to align. I want you to realize that every step that you take, no matter how small, towards your future is, an, is a significant one, right? I want you to stop making excuses about the time that you don't have. I want you to start today. I want you to do what you can. I want you to use what you have. And I want you to make it happen. If you're waiting to get that job that's more flexible, so that you can work out more or work on your business more. Insert whatever, right? If you're waiting, you're losing. Don't prefer the comforts of slavery over the uncertainty of freedom. You only get one life. You can't pause it, you can't rewind it, you can't DVR it. You have to live it in the moment, so make the most of it. I hope this podcast was helpful, guys. Again, if you like what you heard, please share the podcast, repost it on Facebook, send it to a friend, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, I actually want to start something new. I actually want everybody who has a financial question that they want answered to send me a voice note to hello and make sense to me.com. And if you send, send me that voice note over the course of these podcasts, I will play one of them live on the show and I will answer that question for you. And if you leave your you know, name and all that good stuff, um, I'll be sure to let you know that I answered your question on the podcast so that you can listen in and hear the answer, right? But you should be listening every week anyway, or whenever these things go live, so that you can always hear it. But I'll make sure that you personally know. So again, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Achenpong where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.